0: So thank you for being here today and worshiping and choosing Life City to worship with the family of Life City, and, and I want to tell you, this church is on a mission, man, this church is on a mission, and uh, we're going we're to be the salt and the light, amen, to this community, to this city, to this county, amen, amen. Look at somebody, so are, you, are you being the light? Are you being the light? Light. Light it up. Somewhere on the radio, I heard somebody said, it's going to be lit. I'm not sure what that means. I probably shouldn't have used it without understanding what it means because it may be something bad. If it does, please forgive me. Amen. I don't know about being lit, but I want to be the light. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. If we have too much trouble, Cody, I'll just switch back. Amen. Just quick. April 21st, Easter, start inviting people. 21 days of prayer and fasting. Again, I'll reiterate, as Cody mentioned it earlier, I'll reiterate that if you would like to join us on that 21-day journey of prayer and fasting, um, we are asking for you to sign up at the back. There's two little clipboards back there. And uh, if you'll write your name, print your name and your email legibly so that we can clearly read it and we will put you in the system, and every morning you will receive the devotion for that day and the focus for that day, and so uh, don't forget, just sign up uh, before you leave here today and join us in this 21 days. I'm excited about what God's going to do in this 21 days. I, there's an anticipation in my spirit, and I feel like there's going to be, that's why we're having these prayer services Saturday morning, the three, first three Saturdays of, of, of April, uh, healing. So, anybody know somebody that needs a healing in their life? Yes. Yeah. bring them the first Saturday of April of April of April at 9 a.m. Amen. And then the next Saturday is going to be deliverance. I know some people that need the delivering power of the Lord to move in their life. And then the last one is going to be breakthrough. Amen. So there's been some walls built up in people's life. And so if you know somebody that needs. Uh, that that needs uh, a breakthrough, a deliverance, or a healing, bring them one of those Saturdays or all Saturdays. I want us to come as a church family, dedicate that if you can, put it on your calendar, move things around if possible, and and let's gather as a church family on those Saturdays because I believe in a spirit of prayer, in an atmosphere of prayer. There can be uh, things can move and situations can be worked out Amen. I've seen it happen. I've felt it happen in my own life. Prayer is a powerful thing. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so uh, put those the first three Saturdays of April on your calendar, and uh, I'm excited about those. And so today we wrap up our Tell the World series, and so my hope is this. My hope is that you have or will take what God has done in here and in you these last few weeks to someone else, to someone who is searching for answers. There's a lot of people out there that are hurting. There's a lot of people searching for answers. And my prayer is, my hope is that you you take this to them. Tell somebody. Share this with somebody. Introduce somebody to the power of his spirit. Amen? Amen. 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 Because I know it's changed my life. Any any witnesses of the life-changing power of his spirit? Amen. I read a quote by somebody that was talking about reaching out for the church. And they said, there's a lot of churches uh, using different uh, programs and different things. They said, but we have to be careful. And he made this statement. He said, what you draw people with is what you draw people to. What you draw people with is what you draw people to. And I want people to be drawn not to a speaker, with the name Tim Dunn. I, I don't want people to be drawn to just necessarily Life City Church. I want people to be drawn to Jesus. Amen? And so I want to draw them with Jesus. I want to draw them with his power and the opera. And that's why the, this whole series of Tell the World has been about the operating and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And why? Because that draws just read through the gospels. You read over and over and over again. Why were there 5,000 people needing fed? Because they had, they had come to see the miracles. Amen. And so, you know what I'll do? I'll sign up, numero uno, I'll sign up to be a conduit. That, Lord, if you are looking for somebody to work a miracle in, pick me. Right. <laughs> Amen. If you want to use somebody to operate and manifest your power through, yes. I, I'll, I'll stand in line. I'll sign up for that list. You know why? Because he can use you and the miracle and the power that he manifests in your life to draw people. It's like a moth to a flame. Why? Because he's a consuming fire and he's a drawing fire and that's why we' got to be the light of the, light of the world. Why? Because we've got to illuminate him. If we'll draw people, With him, they'll be drawn to him. Amen. And so that's why it's so important to have the moving and the operating of his spirit. Amen. But in in our programmed and on, on Wednesday night, as Caleb said, busy life, there's time where we have to just, Lord, move. Amen. Not this, Lord, move in the next one minute and 25 seconds. No, Lord, move. I'm going I'm to cut out time, and I'm just going to stand in your presence and move. He told the disciples, he said, go wait in Jerusalem. He didn't give them a day. He didn't give them an hour. He didn't, give them, he didn't tell them to put a reminder in their iPhone. He said, go wait. And so you know what they did? They went and just started praying. Well, if we're going to be, all be together, we might as well pray. Amen? And so we just wait on him. Amen? And so that's what I, I want. the I want the draw of Life City Church to be the operating power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Because I want people to feel him and be drawn to him. Amen? Amen. Amen. And Paul felt the same way. And that's why he wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Verse four and five, he says, "And my speech, and my message, were not in plausible or pleasing words of wisdom." Paul was not somebody that waxed elegant. Okay, okay, he was not. Paul just broke it down and said, "Okay, what happened was, and this is this is the way it is, and and, and he didn't ma- it didn't matter who was the audience." The Gentiles, he said, hey, this is what you've got to do. And the Jews came up, and the Pharisees came up, and like, what are you doing? Uh, you didn't want this, so I'm going to somebody that wants it. Paul didn't cut corners, amen? And our world, our world has become this uh, sugar-coating, uh, 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 velvet glove-handling atmosphere. And you know what? I'm here to tell somebody that, you know what? When God moves... Ha. <laughs> when God moves, the, the devil wants to keep us on 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 our toes. Oh. Don't offend anybody. I'm not out to offend anybody. I'm just out to preach Jesus. I'm just out to share Jesus. And if they're offended by Jesus, that's not a me problem. That's a them and God problem. Or as they say, that's a you problem. And so I'm just going to preach Jesus. I'm going to show Jesus. I'm going to illuminate his spirit and his power in my life and, and just let it fall where it falls. It's the parable of the sower and the seed. Just throw it out. Some ground ain't ready. They ain't ready. But some ground's like, yeah, 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 that's what I wanted. Amen? But we can't be afraid to throw the seed. Oh, they might reject it. Well, that's on them. I've got to throw the seed. He just called me to be a thrower of the seed. I've got to throw it out everywhere I go because I don't know who will receive it. Amen? Because he works on the inside, and I can't see the inside. All I see is the cover of the book. He works on the interior. And he said, I don't come to you with plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration. Everybody say demonstration. 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 He said, I'm going to put on a show. Right. A life-changing, life-altering show in your life. He said, I, but in the demonstration of the spirit and of power. And in verse 5, he said, so that your faith and your trust and your belief and your hope and your joy may not rest in the wisdom of men and in churches, and but it will rest in the power of God Almighty. Amen. 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 That's the goal. To see the demonstration. That word "demonstration" literally means proof, manifestation, the proof. Amen. Anybody ever seen the proof of God in your life? <laughs> you ever had God show up and you're like, oh, there, yeah, amen. Isn't that, that that's one of them aha moments, right? That's one of the, oh, yeah, yeah. We have a lot of moments where we doubt and we go through these seasons of life, but when he shows up, and he's like, hey, I've always been here, and I'm going to show you my." And we're like, oh, yeah. Amen. That's the demonstration. I, I began to think about how God demonstrates his power in our life and, and how, how the Holy Spirit operates in us to bring about the demonstration of his power. And as I thought about that, I thought back to it as a kid. Um, me and my brother, we were always up to some kind of mischief. And uh, I know it's hard to believe, but it, it was. That's kind of how it, how it worked. Um, and we, we felt the need to um, demonstrate uh, or, or put on a demonstration of fear is what we decided to do. We were going to demonstrate how fear operates in, in, in somebody. And the, the, uh, the one we chose to demonstrate this was with my father. And so, um, so we 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 got together and we came up with this plan, and we borrowed um, this dummy from our Christian school. They had this dummy for this skit, and we borrowed it. It was dressed up like a, a full grown man. So we borrowed it. Um, we did take it back, um, but we we borrowed it. And so one night uh, after it got dark, we had to wait late because in Tucson. Um, it was light for a long time, and so uh, we, we we waited, and we hid this thing in the back shed, and we waited, and about time we knew my dad was coming home, we climbed up on the roof, and we his name was Mr. Dummy, that was his name, and so we pulled Mr. Dummy up there with us, and we got up on the roof, and we're sitting there up on the roof, and we're thinking, we're coming up with all these scenarios about how my dad's going to react, when, when Mr. Dummy makes his presence known. <laughs> and, and, man, we're laughing. We're just cracking up. We think it's so funny. And and what we really didn't know was we wasn't going to go any way like we thought. Um, <laughs> and so so we're up there, and we're we're talking. We're, we're whispering because we don't want my mom to hear. And so my dad pulls up, and we hide. And uh, and so he gets out of the car, and we're waiting. And so we we slide Mr. Dummy to the edge, right over the front door. And we're like, okay, we've got to time this just right. And it was just dark enough to where he couldn't see us. We had dark uh, shingles, and so he couldn't see us. We were all wearing all black. I mean, it was a good plan. It was a really good plan. And so we got Mr. Dummy just right there on the edge of the roof, and I'm on the edge of the roof. And my brother's kind of backed a little ways. And my dad, about the time, we were got, okay, we're going to time it where he reaches. When he reaches... For the screen glass door, we're going to drop Mr. Dummy right in front of him. That's a good plan, right? Not a wise plan, but a good plan. There's a difference between wisdom and good. (laughs) And so we, we waited, and he reached for the door. And about the time we started bringing Mr. Dummy over, my dad looked up. And he looked up, and so we, instead of releasing Mr. Dummy, I held on to Mr. Dummy. Well, my dad grabbed, reaches up, grabs a foot of Mr. Dummy, and pulls me and Mr. Dun, Dummy clean off the roof. And, man, in a pile of dust, me and Mr., I land on top of Mr. Dummy, and my dad's just wearing both of us out. And I'm going, stop, wait, no, it's your son, stop. And, and so he backs up, and, and I was like, Instead of a demonstration of fear, what happened was my dad did his own Rocky Balboa demonstration on me and Mr. Dummy, right? It was a terrible plan, but, you know, it makes me think about the enemy. You see, the enemy has this plan, and it involves a demonstration of fear, But God has come to tell somebody today and he's saying to you that if you allow him, he will take the plan of the enemy and he will switch it around. And instead of a demonstration of fear, he will make it a demonstration of his power and the operation of his spirit in your life. You know why? Because the Bible tells me that he takes what is meant for evil turns it Uh for good we can't always see the good But he said, if you'll just give it to me. But we've got to surrender all this stuff. We've got to surrender it. If I'm holding on to it, he can't take it because he won't rip it out of my hands. He'll only take it if I freely give it. And that's why he loves a joyful giver. And we think about joyful giver as just money. But no, he wants you to be joyful in giving him everything. Give him your life. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice to him. And he'll take all the stuff, all the plans that the enemy. Do you know that the enemy has a plan? for your life. We read Jeremiah 2911 and say, oh man, he's got a future plan for me. Well so does the enemy. The enemy is not without a plan. And so if you don't have a plan, you will be defeated. But you see, I don't have to have everything put together. I just have to surrender everything to him and he's got my battle plans. He's got the rules of engagement. He's got all these things laid out. Amen. You know why? That David wrote in Psalms 23.5. I heard this the other day, and I'm going to steal it from the guy I heard it from. It was powerful. Uh, his name was Mark Morgan. He was a pastor in San Francisco. He made this statement. He said, "He said the table prepared before the enemies that David wrote in Psalms 23.5. He said, you, thou hast a table uh, prepared before me in the presence of mine enemies or something like that. I butchered that. But anyways. My mind, my mouth's going faster than my brain, okay? He said that table is a strategic table in time. And the enemy comes to that table. And what God wants to do is he wants to bring you to that table. But you see, when you come to that table, the enemy is there to discuss the rules and the terms of engagement. Yeah. That's what that table, it's a strategic table military table of negotiations to figure out how are we going to fight this battle. (laughs) Well, I don't have a plan. I I can't see the future for my life. I know who does. You see, and that's what the song we sang, yeah, it may just be a, a song to you, but no, 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 it means more because when I surrender to him, when I surrender everything to him, He steps into the room and displays because, you see, when I step to the table and it's just Tim Dunn and the adversary, Tim Dunn's going to be perplexed. Tim Dunn is going to be scared and fear can enter into Tim Dunn. You know why? Because... I don't have a plan because I can't see tomorrow. But when I surrender everything and tell the enemy, hey, look, I'm not coming to this table by myself. I'm not coming here alone. You see, I'm coming and the Lord's coming with me. And this is my strategist and this is my general and this is my king and this is my Lord and this is my savior. And when he spreads out to the battle plan, the enemy starts to tremble and the enemy starts to fear. You know why? Because he understands no matter how good his plan, his strategy may seem to him, it cannot and will not defeat the Lord's plan for your life. Amen. And so when I surrender to him, he reveals his plan to the enemy and says, oh, I know you meant it for evil. <laughs> I, know, I know you thought you had them. He said, but I'm going to use what you thought you were doing to hurt them, and I'm going to help them. And then in in turn, I'm not just going to help them. I'm going to help that one and that one and that one and that one, and I'm going to draw more and more to me, and I'm going to turn everything you meant for evil for good. Amen. Because that's the kind of God we serve, right? Right. Right. Amen. That's who he is. Look at somebody and say, that's who he is. And so now you can say, I have a plan. Look at somebody else and say, I have a plan. And you know what it is? Surrenderance. If I'll surrender completely to Him, He'll release it in my life. Amen. Because the, the enemy's fear does not match the power of God's perfect love. The enemy's lies will die under the strength of His word. And we have to know that. Amen. Another aspect of of the operation of the Holy Spirit is found in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 through 19. It says this, that according to the riches of his glory, I love that. Uh, I want all of that. Give me some, give me some, pour it on me. I want that five-gallon bucket, that 55-gallon drum, that dump truck of riches of his glory to pour out on me. And if you don't want that and you think you're, you're not deserving of it, you don't understand his grace and his mercy. Amen. Oh, you, he hasn't called us to be poor, poor, pitiful me. And no, he's called you to unload on you, open the windows of heaven and pour out his riches of glory upon your life. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to walk in in, in success and power. Amen. I mean, we got to quit believing the lie that, that the children of God are supposed to be doormats. We're not meant to be doormats. We're called to be more than conquerors for him. Amen. 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 I, I want all of his riches and glory. He said he may grant you to be strengthened with power through what? His spirit. Amen. The joy of the Lord is my strength. In your inner being, he said, I'm going to strengthen you within so that you can operate without. Amen. And that's why the baptism of the Holy Spirit is about the heart and about the inner man. And he says, I'm going to, I didn't come just to be with you. I came to be in you. Amen. He says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, rooted and grounded in love. I love that. May have strength to comprehend, to understand. Point to your brain, to understand, understand. You ever talk to somebody, have a, Communication. you're talking, and you're trying to explain something, and they're looking at you like deer in the headlights, and you're like, you're just not getting it, are you? <laughs> Amen. There's the things of God sometimes are beyond our comprehension, but you see, that's the operation of the Holy Spirit in our life. That's why we need the baptism of the Spirit, because what it does, it opens up our understanding. Just like I say it all over, I use it so many times, Elijah and the servant. Elijah understood what was going on in the servant. All he saw was the enemy. And he's like, uh, uh, boss, we're, 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 we're surrounded. And and boss man said, no, we're not surrounded. Uh, Lord, would you open this poor boy's eyes? And he opened his eyes. He's like, oh, I see now. I see now. And so he says, to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. Verse uh, verse nineteen, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Whoa, that's powerful. Yeah. Oh, that's so powerful. To be full, filled with all the fullness of God. Whew. Man, that talks about His character. To be filled with all the character of God. Whoa, man, that's something else. To be filled with all His attributes. Whoa. Ah, that's powerful. You know why? Because his attributes are never-ending. His attributes go on and on and on. He is everything I need. Amen? Amen. Has he been that to you? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And so the Holy Spirit demonstrates his love within us. And, and the demonstration of, this, of his spirit brings us to a place where we can see his power, the power of his spirit as it operates. And this all happens as we are strengthened and rooted and grounded in the one thing that the church must be grounded and rooted and strengthened in, and that is the love of God. Amen? Amen. We've got to be rooted and founded in the love of God. And the Holy Spirit demonstrates his love within us and measures his love for us by revealing how wide, how long, how high, and how deep it runs. Because you see, the measurement of God's love is why fear stands no chance. The measurement of his love is why fear stands no chance. It's why the lies of the enemy have no impact. Amen. Because he, and the writer of Ephesians said, the breadth or the width. Amen. You see, God's river of love is so wide that it covers all of your sin and it covers over every circumstance of your life so that all things work together for the good. But man, pastor, you don't understand how wide the path of my sin was. I don't have to. Man, I want, I want Terry and Stephen to come help me. Because you see, what happens, I want one of you, that end. You we'll take that. In. And you stay right there. Wait a second. What happens, this is the deal. You see the enemy wants you to think that the that the path of your sin is too wide. Bring that over here. But what God wants us to understand is the width Of his love covers your sin because it's greater. And so he, the enemy, the enemy thought, oh, we got him on the cross. The victory is ours. But they made a mistake, they had him stretch his hands out. That was not a good plan. That was not wise. You know why? Because when he began to stretch his hands out, he began to demonstrate how, how wide his grace and mercy is. And the enemies and the Roman soldiers thought, hey, we're going to nail the last coffin put the last nail in the coffin. And so they came up. Right, let me see this. And they put a nail with every beat of the hammer. As that hammer drove that nail in his, his hands, the enemy thought, ha, he's defeated. He's defeated. But what was really happening was with every beat of the hammer, the path of his grace and his mercy was getting wider and wider and wider. Let's go over there. Stretch it out because it keeps going and it keeps going and it keeps going and he says, and the enemy, all right, bring it up here because he wants you to understand. He wants you to understand that at the cross, There was a covering that took place. Just let that fall right there. There was a covering that took place at the cross. And when the Holy Spirit began to move, and the Holy Spirit begins to move in your life, it helps us realize that no matter how wide the path of sin was in our life, his grace and his arms stretched out on Calvary was wider and, and, and there's no measurement of sin, and there's no measurement of pain, and there's no measurement of guilt and shame that can match the measure of his love because the measure of his love is always wider. The measure of his love is always greater. And so no matter how wide the path that the enemy makes you think he's plowing, The Lord wants you to understand, and that's why the uh, writer of Ephesians made the statement, the operation of the Spirit will help you to understand the measurement, the width of His love for you. And his forgiveness for you. So I can't doubt his forgiveness. You know why? Because it's wider than anything I can face. The river of his grace and his mercy flows over its banks. And it touches everything in sight. And it touches everything in your life. Hallelujah. And he, he goes on to say, he goes on to say the length. And when you consider the length of God's love. I want you to ask yourself this question. When did the love of God start towards me? How long will it continue? And these truths measure the lengths of God's love because it is in Jeremiah 31.3 that he says, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. The enemy tells you, You've been mine for 30 years. no, but 30 years is no match to an everlasting love. (sighs) And from the day you breathed your first life and you came out of your mama's womb screaming and kicking and crying, He's been knocking on the door and His love's been reaching for you and His love's been reaching for you and until the day you breathe your last breath on this earth, His love will never stop reaching for you. Nothing, nothing can match the measure of God's love for you. To see the height of God's love, ask yourself this, how high does He lift me? It lifts me to heavenly places where I am seated with Jesus. Because Ephesians 2.6 says he has raised us up together, made us to sit together. Everyone say together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. He is El Elyon. The most high God. That's why David knew him as his high tower. The enemy wants you to fear how powerful he is. And he wants to diminish you. And he wants you to get you down here so that he looks... He's got the ultimate short man syndrome. So he can press you down and he can oppress you. It makes him look bigger. Where's my stool? Here we go. Come here, Terry. Hold on. We're good. (laughs) Get up on that thing. You sure? I'm sure. Lord, give this stool strength. <laughs> That's a big man right there. You ain't going up on the last one, are you? <laughs> you good? Right. If it starts getting wobbly, let me know. You just dive off. Right. Lord, I feel the power of the Holy Spirit in this place so strong right now. The Lord said, "I'm gonna." Or the the enemy wants to wants you to view the. The situations and the hardships that come into your life, and He wants you to be pressed down. He wants you to be oppressed to where you feel like, ah, I can't, I can't. God comes along He says, no, 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 no. I am the lifter of your head. You are not to walk around with bent shoulders and a bowed head in defeat. He said, no, I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to put you on high places. I'm going to be your strong tower. The height that I can take you, the enemy can't go. The height of my power and my love, no man and no enemy understands but the operation of his spirit allows me to understand that he is the lifter of my head and he can get me above the fray and he can get me above the noise and he can get me above the trees so I can see who he is. Stay right there. The depth, the depth. Philippians tells us that he, talking about Jesus, said, he made himself of no reputation. He took the form of a servant, came in the likeness of men, and he humbled himself, and he became obedient to the point of the cross and the point of death. But you see what's even more powerful. He didn't just come and take on humanity. He didn't just come and died for our sins, he became sin for you. Why? Then, after he was resurrected, before he revealed himself, he said, I'm going to, he went to the depths of the earth. Why would he go down there? For you. For you. And he went to the gates of hell. And he walked up to the gates of hell. And he pounded on the gates. <laughs> the <laughs> devil looked around. Are we expecting guests? We don't do pop-ins. This is by appointment only, and he sends one of his servants to go check the door, go look through the, the peephole. Now we have iPhones that you can check the video written doorbell. And the, 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 the devil goes to the door and he looks through. The, Wait a second, this can't be right. He's in a grave somewhere. How is he standing at my door? Why did he come down here? This is my territory. He opened the door like you do for those salesmen. You crack it open just so they can see one eye. Hello? Jesus said, "I want the keys. I want the keys. Keys to what? I want the keys to Greg Minnick's life. I want the keys to Dennis Notgrass's life. To Roy Green's life. To Taylor Green's life. To Randall Paget's life. I want to JD. I want the keys to his life. To Miguel. To Cody. To Stephen." I want the keys to the lives of my people. They are not yours any longer. Give me the keys. But, 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 no, 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 but. I said, give me the keys. I want you to stand with me right now. (laughs) And he went to the depth of the earth to gain the keys for your life the reason he wanted the keys for your life was so that he could unlock every promise spoken in the book of your life oh, oh man I, oh, I want every eye I closed I feel I feel such this kind of glory of God in this place right now I don't I don't know if you feel it. I'm not trying to be emotional or sensational. I feel the divine operation of His Spirit in this place. And if you'll just surrender completely to the atmosphere and to to the power of God in this place. He's saying to somebody right here, right now. I've got the keys to your life. And I've got the keys to the book. Of your life and every promise that is written in the book of your life I want to unlock it today for you because every promise is His (laughs) and He wants to reveal and He wants to release everything that He's ever spoken and written about you into your life this very day. Hallelujah. I know your past. I know our past is filled with long, wide, deep paths of painful, sinful desires and poor choices and ungodly lifestyles, but it does not measure up. It doesn't even come close to measuring up to his mercy and his grace and his forgiveness and his compassion and the love of our God. Romans 8, 37 and 38. Nothing can separate you from his love.